I believe that there's only two emotions. There's love and fear, and everything is an offshoot of either love or fear. What can I do today to support the people that are in my life? And I take that very seriously, and I, I try to always put myself in the other person's position. Today's uh, interview is with Lisa Pagnata, who is a uh, mentor, a leader, um, someone who's impacted so many people's lives, and uh, I hope one day in the future I have an opportunity to be able to impact half the people that she has. Uh, so that's the reason I wanted to talk to her today, and she's our third interview of the uh, Dash podcast. I uh, warned Lisa about the uh, five questions. I didn't tell her in advance, but I know she's probably listened to the last podcast, so she probably is somewhat prepared knowing her. Um, but uh, one of the questions in the uh, five questions is, um, which two people have made the biggest impact on your life so far? Uh, and that is a question that got me to think about to interview Lisa because uh, the follow-up question to that that I've asked so far Walt and Jamie was have you told them and I realized that Lisa is is one of mine and I have not been able to tell her that or I haven't I haven't told her uh, how much of an impact that she's been and being that I've got to kind of uh, uh, you know practice what I preach uh, Lisa like I said you you really are you're one of the a few people that have made a huge, huge impact on my life, um, and I look up to you, as you hopefully know, uh, in more ways than, than one. You're, like I said, a leader. You've built so many leaders, and you've um, impacted me. I wouldn't be where I'm sitting at today if it wasn't for you, so thank you. Um, and with that, we'll, we'll launch into the interview. Uh, Lisa will, will share with us, again, the uh, answers to the five questions. And, and the, the last couple of uh, interviews were more around uh, systems and methods. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, today, I really wanted to be more about just leadership and what does she do to be able to connect with people and to lead people and not just lead people but a true leader builds other leaders and I think that's what she's done and continues to do. We, we just wrapped up on a phone call with someone where she was helping them with their next step in their career too so uh, it, it's funny that we had to stop recording for her to take that call but uh, anyways we're back again so Lisa uh, before we get started anything you wanted to say and then and then we'll uh, go into the questions. Well I'm thrilled to be here with you this is very exciting and when I was thinking about the people that have impacted my life, uh, you are one of the people that has impacted my life to an extreme level in a positive way. And I felt like you were someone I needed to thank over the past couple of years. There have been a lot of transitions in my life, personally and professionally. And I feel like you're someone who is now, you know, not just a friend and a mentor and a support system, but you, you were like a brother to me. You're a member of my family. That's how I feel about you. And that support that you've given me um, over the past few years will um, mean more um, than you will ever know. So it, I know it sounds a little bit like a mutual admiration society, but I think that you and I have a lot in common that we really believe in being servant leaders and by putting, investing in other people and putting, you know, hopefully positive and goodness out into the world. Um, we make the world a better place one person at a time. And, and those aren't just words. That's truly what we believe. It is. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I definitely, I'm picking up the drinks today. Just, just, just <laughs> Perfect. For your comment. Um, 
So uh, in the five questions, they're meant to get a little bit of a deeper insight into the person. And then, uh, like I said, what I hope to do through these podcasts is learn myself and then have those that are listening in learn as well about some key things that make people successful. And, and today's is mainly around leadership. Um, so we want to get to know you first, and we'll do that through those questions. The first question is the uh, best advice you've ever received. Um, so. I've received a couple pieces of advice. I think David already knows that when he asks me a question, it'll be a multifaceted answer. I remember that when I was in college and having a hard time, my mother, who, who, who has faced many challenges in her life, and she's faced them head on and overcome them, uh, told me one time, I was probably 24 or 25, that I did not um, have the luxury of entertaining negative thoughts. And anyone that would know my mother, that would be a very unique piece of advice for her to give and it really caught me off guard and for the past 26 27 years that advice has been rumbling around in my head and every time I go towards the negative I think about that great advice that my mother um, gave me because negative thoughts are a luxury that that's the easy game um, and I'm gonna to the best of my ability um, not uh, not play that game um, I'm a big fan of John McCain on several levels, and John McCain, one of his um, say, uh, sayings was, character is destiny, and I believe the character of a person means so much about um, clearly who they are, but what they are going to add to society and what they're going to put in the world. I think character means a lot, um, maybe today more than ever. And there's two that I heard recently, David, and I thought that you would enjoy them. Um, so I was listening to a podcast recently because I started listening to podcasts a couple years ago um, at David's um, bequest, and it was Caution is a Thief. And I have been thinking about caution being a thief ever since I heard that, because it really is. And that doesn't mean that you don't thoroughly bet something. It doesn't mean that you aren't contemplative when you're making big decisions. But if you're always playing the safe game, it is going to take away many opportunities from you. I know that eight or nine months ago, you and I as friends were talking over um, so, some life-changing events potentially, and the cautious road could have been taken or the uh, more um, adventurous and less known path could be taken, and you chose uh, the path less known, and I think it has made all the difference, so that's really um, resonating with me. And, and the final one, and maybe this is going to sound really funny, but um, so ever since I was a teenage girl, I have been a fan of the actor John Stamos. And not only is he an actor, he is also a musician. And here later in life, he has become a father. Um, and you can just tell the difference that that's made in his life. I was very fortunate. I was at Disney in December, no surprise to people that know me. And he did something called the Candlelight Processional, which is the uh, story of Jesus' birth and he told that story and then at the end you know he very um, emotionally talked about um, that this would be his son's first Christmas and how he so wished that the world would be a kinder and more peaceful and gentler place and so in person I got to see John Stamos and I'm like he's the person I thought he always was but on an Instagram post he put recently that whenever he would ask his mother a question about the past or someone she knew or maybe a family member that had died before John was even born, he said that his mother's response would be, I only remember the love. And that has probably been a really powerful um, statement
statement for me recently, David. Um, I've had some stuff go on in my life. You understand that from a personal standpoint. And it's easy to get your feelings hurt and maybe to be negative or to think about all of the bad stuff. And when I go down that road, I think about John Stamos and his wonderful mother. I hope she's still alive. And I, I tell myself, only remember the love, only remember the love. And I will think about a positive memory or two from somebody that maybe I'm struggling with. And it really does change your entire perspective. So I know you only asked for one. I gave you four. Yeah. Uh, but I hope they resonate. In typical Lisa fashion, she, she prepared. Um, and I need to change the question. Going forward, I think I'm going to change the questions. But uh, Lisa, that, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, my daughters are huge fans of John Stamos. I have no idea how or why. Like these shows that were from the 80s and 90s, all of a sudden they're just into them again. And so they're like, oh, yeah, do you remember Have that? the girls call me. Oh, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> Um, no, that, that's great. So I uh, was taking notes and uh, as always uh, take notes with Lisa, but yeah, I really like the uh, caution as a thief and I think that's something that, like you said, when we were talking, um, I didn't realize in my own life that I was probably a little too cautious and, and didn't take the uh, take chances and, and honestly through the uh, the group that I that I do the, the mastermind that I'm in um, I started to pick up on that and then you've shared that with me and and on and again like I said at the beginning of the interview um, the only reason I'm sitting here is because of you and uh, and others that have made an impact which is why I wanted to, to do this interview so and it's long overdue um, all right so question number two how much of your success do you feel it comes from luck and how much of it is uh, from skill? Um, so, I am not a huge believer in luck, even though I believe that there are some people who are a little bit luckier than others, for sure. I've seen that play out in life. Many years ago, I was in a um, Covey training seminar, a three-day seminar, and they asked something to the effect of, you know, who is your hero? And there were many great answers in the room of leaders that I was in. I worked for the mayor of West Palm Beach at the time. Uh, a lot of mayor's office and department heads were in that. And I, I probably came across as a little bit arrogant, and I hope anyone that knows me, I don't think that I am an arrogant person. But I said that, um, you know, I am my own hero because I had to be. I had to uh, be the person that had perseverance and skill like so many other people did. and work themselves out of some really challenging situations. So I think it was a lot more skill and just stick-to-itiveness, uh, that onward and upward type of mentality. And I saw that from my parents as well. So I know you're going to ask me about the people that have impacted my life, but there's a story about my father that has always um, stuck with me. Uh, when I was in my 40s, I think my father and I were talking about um, the Iran hostage situation and the difficulties in being a business owner at that point in time, the late 70s. And my father told me that in that period of time he had no work. He was a painting contractor and uh, he would get up every day. He, this is back when painting contractors actually wore uniforms. And so I would know my daddy's going to work because he got up, he put on his white uniform, he would get in his truck and he would go to work. Well, little did I know that my dad didn't have any work during that period of time. And my dad still got up every day, and he put on his uniform, and he got in his truck, and he drove away from the house because he didn't want me to be afraid. Because he knew that if I saw him not get in his work clothes or not get in his truck at 7.30 in the morning and drive away, I would know something is wrong. So not only did my father 
do that for me. So what a what a person that he is. Yeah. He's one of my heroes. But he's so uh, brilliant. Uh, my father would then go into the uh, very wealthy neighborhoods of the Washington D.C. area where we live, and he would park his truck, which I think was very well known, and he would take out a map like he didn't know the area and spread it out over the front part of the truck near one of his very wealthy clients' homes. And this would be around the time that they would be leaving to go to work at their law firm in D.C. or their accounting firm. And they would be pulling out of the driveway and they'd be like, hey, Jerry, how you doing? What, what are you doing, Jerry? And he'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just looking for somebody's house. How are you doing? And, and, and invariably, a lot of them would say, Jerry, I've been meaning to call you. Wow. My father did that so that he would be seen and be visible knowing that there are some people that probably had some work that needed to be done and these were people that still had resources even in an economic downturn. But he knew if he sat home, number one, daughter scared, number two, people, he's not top of mind. Right. So he went out there to be visible and that's how he got work. And uh, so my father has taught me a lot about it's really not um, luck, it's perseverance and hard work that wins the day. Wow, that's that's huge. Um, that's a big one, and there's so many lessons I think in that. Uh, lessons of you, you've got to go out and do something, right? You got to go out and do something because it's easy. A lot of people in that same situation would have done, could have done just that. You know, sat at home and felt bad for themselves, and you know what a horrible position they're in. But yet he didn't, and he uh, he had the faith to go out and, and uh, do something, and knowing that that he'll be rewarded for it. So that's that's huge. Awesome. All right. Um, so the next one was the best book you've ever read. Okay, so there's a couple, of course, David. So the first book that I think really changed my life, I was probably in my late 20s, and I was in Key West for the first time. Just had a bad breakup in my personal life, as we do in our 20s. And I had a friend. We decided just to go to Key West for a long weekend. And so we weren't in the main tourist area. We were walking down some side streets and there was this used bookstore in Key West. And I actually still have the book, so I actually oh, wow. brought it with me today. So it was a used book and it even still has the price in it. And it's Chronicles of the Tao, The Secret of a Taoist Master. And I don't know why this book spoke to me. I'm not even sure if I knew what Taoism was at that moment in time. But I bought this used book and I took it back home and I read it and it started me down a path of thinking about uh, spirituality in a different way. David knows that I was raised in a very evangelical um, Christian manner and that just personally um, did not always resonate with me and my life but I felt a, a devotion uh, to a higher power and wanted to have some life of, of service to that higher power. But when I read this book about Tao, the Tao and Taoism um, it really, it spoke to me and I knew that I could be back on a spiritual path. So that was one of the books. Um, and then wow. there was a book many years later that Wayne Dyer, the late Wayne Dyer, who is an amazing thought leader, um, wrote a book called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Living in the Wisdom of the Tao. And this book takes the Tao and, and, and is very thought provoking and asks you questions um, from a you know, 365 perspective. So that's been an ancillary book that's really helped me and then David something that I've shared with you fairly recently um, from a podcast perspective but Eckhart Tolle a new earth and just um, awakening to your life's purpose uh, whether you read the book or listen to the, the podcast that he's done recently with Oprah Winfrey a very thought-provoking about how to live a 
life of purpose and how to um, address such things as the pain body that each of us has inside of us, uh, as we all do because of different life experiences and how you recognize that pain body and how it triggers you to react certain ways in your life and how you break those those triggers and those patterns. Yeah, yeah, no, that, those are three awesome books and I'll, I'll tell you that um, growing up I, I didn't probably uh, research or look deeper than my own beliefs and that's something that uh, that you helped me with and at Wayne Dyer I have become a huge fan and I try to consume everything I uh, can find about Wayne and I would not have known him about him without you know you sharing him with me so thank you for that and I now have to look into a couple other books too so thank you um, so the next question which two people which uh, sounds like you've may, maybe mentioned one of them already uh, but which two people um, have made the biggest impact on your life so certainly, you know, I'll use my parents as a um, as a unit. They both uh, grew up in, in Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. They did not meet till they were in Washington D.C. You know, my parents were born in the early '40s into both of them abject poverty and large families. Um, my father joined the military at 17 and went to Korea. He lied about his age. My mother. Um, having no opportunity where she was raised, went to Washington, D.C. with probably less than $50 to her name. And by the time they were in their mid, uh, early to mid-20s, they had started a business and had me and had a child and were creating a life um, in probably one of the most expensive and highly educated areas in the United States. And they just raised me to think that we were no different than anyone else. And but my parents worked in the houses of most of the people that I went to school with, which was a very interesting dynamic. Um, but my parents were treated with respect and treated as craftspeople as they are. And my parents just taught me that you have to work hard for everything that you get. But they didn't do it with a complaining um, thought process. They, from where they came from to where they were, where they raised me in Bethesda, Maryland, um, I think they felt grateful every day. And I feel grateful every day for having them as my parents and for what they taught me as far as a work ethic. And they also supported my pursuit of education because they did not have that opportunity. And I have to tell you, so if there's a second person, so I really went back and forth in, in the past couple years, I think that you, David, and my best friend, Barbara Scott, have been very transformative figures in my life because you both had the courage to materially change your lives, you, with a a change that you've made recently um, from a professional standpoint and it really took a lot of courage to make that change um, and I don't know if I would have been as courageous as you but it reminded me that caution is a thief and um, David you and I were together the day after the presidential election two and a half years ago and uh, it's hard to believe it's been two and a half years and what I'm going to say about that is my best friend who was my college roommate she was someone who's never really been involved in politics to be honest with you and the day after the election had just a huge impact on her personally she went from being a professional chef to changing her life and now she is in the area that we live in the county we live she is the head of a political party two and a half years later and I see the amount of work that she does, and this is all, this is volunteer work, but she's out every day, every evening, every weekend, trying to um, 
make the world a better place through her belief system and her hard work and creating um, bridges to different um, uh, communities and with different people and, and trying to make everyone feel very supportive and loved and included. And from where we were two and a half years ago to where we are now yeah. is just an amazing thing and I probably don't tell her enough even though she lives with us and I'm very glad that she lives with me because she's my sister if you're my brother she's my sister I'm very fortunate um, uh, to be able to support her in these endeavors it's an honor to be able to do that and I could not be more proud of what she's accomplished in the past two and a half years Wow, wow. well I, I don't know uh, Barbara that well I know of her and everything I've heard from you it, it, it does show it's a testament to when somebody has a passion for something, how it can impact you and just evolve you and all of a sudden you go from, in many cases I've seen where someone will go from just kind of a, an observer to an expert uh, and somebody Absolutely. leading the field in such a short period of time. So um, that's awesome and thank you for saying that, I'm honored. Um, okay, uh, so the last one is the, uh, what is the most recent bucket list item uh, that you've crossed off uh, your list? And what's the next one that you, that's, uh, I guess it's on the horizon? So I'm probably like your, you're the last person you interviewed. I am not a bucket lister at all, but I've tried hard in the past couple years to really um, build strong memories with my family, especially uh, through vacations. Yes. So I work a lot of hours, my husband works a lot of hours, um, we have a 15-year-old son, and uh, we will never spend as much time with him as I would like to, but family vacations have become a real pursuit. Um, I do a lot of uh, historical yes. uh, touring with my son, because uh, so, I want him to understand, um, especially the United States and the amazing... Um, history that we have and where we've come from and where we're going because if you don't know our, your past you, you certainly are bound to um, to go clumsily through the future but also to put ourselves out there and build physical um, yeah. uh, memories so a couple years ago a year and a half ago um, we did the longest zip line in the world over water and believe That's me um, we were all scared and my husband was like mom and dad are you sure and I'm like yes we're sure because we never yeah. put you in harm's way now jump um, and we did. And this summer coming up, um, I just made some plans for us to do a, uh, we're going to go to the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts, and we're going to do a treetop seven zip line tour, which I'm really excited. So we're going to take that to the next level. And we're also going to go whitewater rafting, because I think that these types of memories, you look back and you go, remember the time we fill in the blank as a family. So maybe you don't always remember the everyday, even though it forms your foundation. But those events that you do as a family, those yeah. are the ones that you kind of look back on and yeah. you smile. And there will be a time, Andrew is an only child, even though I have nephews and nieces and they are definitely um, very important parts of, of Andrew's life. Um, he is an only child and there will be a day when mom and dad are not here. And I want, him, I want to have built lots of memories so he can look back and say, remember the time I went with my parents and we, did the biggest lip island over water in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I always enjoy uh, vacation. You work hard and you vacation hard. And I uh, I try to do some of that too. And it's all, always awesome to see your pictures whenever you're vacationing <laughs> to see what you're doing. And uh, The frustrated photographer, for sure. That's who I am. <laughs> but but they're, always, they're always awesome experiences. And um, 
And that's something else again that, that I remember. I remember when we were up in uh, Winston-Salem and you took us through some of the historical parts and while our boss didn't think it was that fun, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it's funny because one of my current co-workers now is asking me for tips because he's going to be up in that area. And I'm like, oh, there's a great little place that you need to go to. There's a cemetery for you to walk through. So um, again, I, it's... It's, I know it's not a bucket list thing, but you've accomplished a lot of things. And you've done, you've made a lot of memories already, um, and I think that would be on a lot of people's bucket list. Maybe you don't call it a bucket list, but you're you're doing the things and you're uh, you've set goals for yourself to do, and you're accomplishing. Absolutely. So, um, so, so with that being said, we'll transition into uh, the, the uh, main part of the conversation, which is just around leadership. And uh, like I told you before, um, you you've not only exemplified a true leader but you've made leaders um you know uh, promotion into into a different role or even doing something completely out of the industry that that you're in um but a lot of that was by you encouraging them seeing something that they couldn't see and calling it out of them uh and then just kind of helping them along that so I feel like for anybody, um, influencing other people's lives is really important. And for this podcast, and for myself, because again, I'm still learning, uh, I wanted to hear from you. What, what do you feel it takes to be a successful leader? Um, how have you been able to accomplish everything that you've accomplished? And how have you been able to make such an impact on so many people's lives? So I really do believe in that uh, concept of servant leader. To be a leader, even though you have to be forward thinking, your job is to support and really serve the people that work with you. And I take that very seriously. I, I uh, you know, whether it's pray or I give thought to hopefully almost every morning about what can I do today to support the people that are in my life. And I take that very seriously. And I, I try to always put myself in the other person's position. I can say something, but how is that message going to be received? And if I was standing in their shoes, how would I receive that message? You know, David, I believe that there's only two emotions. There's love and fear, and everything is an offshoot of either love or fear. Um, Anger is uh, fear in another format. Um, Trust, which I think is the ultimate um, emotion in any relationship is really a sort of love. If I trust someone, I really I care about them and, 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 and I love them or I have a genuine affection for them. So uh, trust is foundational to everything I do. I spend a lot of time with the people in my life trying to develop a genuine trust because where there is trust, anything can prosper, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a work relationship, whether it's with your children or your parents or whoever, your friend. If there is trust, if trust is there, there's almost nothing you can't accomplish. And I mean that very sincerely. Um, Stephen Covey, one of his sons, wrote a book called The Speed of Trust. And I read that book many years ago and it made a really big difference. I read it because I had some professional relationships with people I didn't trust. And if I didn't trust them, they didn't trust me. So what was I gonna do to be the one to build that trust? Um, and I think that trust is just foundational to everything that I do. And it is, I think that trust is a skill. And it is something that you can learn to develop with people and to be very honest and very genuine. And so that people that you have in your life know that you first and foremost have their best interest at heart. And even when you're giving them some hard feedback or some difficult feedback, 
it's only the people that really care about you and love you that are going to look you in the eye and give you the hard feedback. It's easy to say, hey, David, you're doing great. Keep going. And you are, but not everybody is. It takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of trust in a relationship for you to give that hard feedback, to have that adult conversation, and for that person to realize, even though this stings at the moment, this person has my best interest at heart. And if I really listen and consider what they're saying and even act on part of it, I will be even better than where I am today. Wow. Uh, you, 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 impact, you, know, you unpacked a lot of uh, great points uh, here already. Um, so what's funny is that uh, I, you know, in preparation of, of uh, sitting down with you and uh, have this conversation, I thought about like, Lisa, what, what, what do I think makes Lisa successful? And I wanted to hear what you had to say. Um, and so when I thought about you, uh, you know, I, I try to think of like, what, what are some one words, right? So what are some one word descriptions? Some of them that came to mind were um, leadership, uh, passionate, inspirational, um, trustworthy, uh, empowering, and and I, I think when I when you just answered what makes a um, a good leader, you just I think almost touch on every one of those, uh, and and so you exemplify it, which is why why that comes through. Um, but how if someone is in a new leadership position, uh, for example, when we started working together. Uh, I went from leading a team of, I don't know, probably five or six to like leading a team of, of uh, 15 to 16. And so you helped me along the way, but what are some, maybe a couple pieces of advice you'd give to somebody that's now either a new leader or transitioning to a larger leadership role? Uh, so uh, I, I give the same advice to, to most everyone who is a new leader, and that is whoever, whatever work environment, whatever you're, you're doing as a... Um, industry leadership is all about that your people know that you care about them as people before you care about them as engineers photographers financial professionals fill in the blank and I have the honor of mentoring people in my professional life people that are new newly coming into a position like my own and uh, they're always very excited like you were I remember five yeah. years ago yeah. And the advice I give them is, uh, you know, you want to rush at production, you want to rush at numbers, you want to rush at goals, you want to rush at so many things. And I would say take a step back and get to know your people as people. Are they in a relationship or not? Do they have children? Are they taking care of an elderly parent? Is there some health situation going on that if they cared to disclose to you could have material impact? Um, to support them. Uh, get to know them as people before you get to know them as professionals and there's nothing that your team uh, won't do for you. And, and, and I'm not saying to, to get to know them as people as a um, disingenuous pursuit, but people have to know. You, 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 I, I often say you have to go for the heart and the head and not just the head. You know, it goes back to that love versus fear. People have to know that you care about them. People have to know that you genuinely love them. Because as trite as it might sound, if you really think about this statement, it's true. Love is the answer to all the questions. Because that, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. We unpacked so much information. And uh, 
Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the, the listening audience before we uh, wrapped up our, our conversation this afternoon? You know, I think that there's this statement. I don't know that I, you know, I always love it, but I think it's it's it makes sense. There's nothing wrong as a leader, as a parent, as a spouse, as a whoever. What I've learned along the way that if you are just giving, 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 and you deplete yourself and there's nothing left to give, you're really not giving enough to the people around you. So this concept, whether you call it self-care, and again, I'm not so sure that I love it, but taking time to really get that rest, get that replenishment, read that book, listen to that podcast, eat that piece of cake, David Alvarez, whatever that is. Um, you have to really take care of yourself to have enough energy to put the positive into the world that we're trying to do or to support your team or to support your family or to support your friends. Yeah. And I just see people running around so much today and they're so proud of their running around that they're so depleted that they're working 70 hours, that they only slept five hours last night, that they drank four cups of coffee this morning. And sometimes we all right. get in that mode and have to do it, especially in like an emergency or right. crunch time situation. But in general, I hope that people really are taking time. This is a very fast-paced world. Things are just changing so quickly. And I find that as a mother and as a wife and as a family member and as a friend and as a leader, that I have to take more and more time in this fast-paced world to make sure that I am filling myself up yeah. with uh, rest and with positive energy and with uh, good reading material and whatever that looks like. It could be different for you than it is for me. Um, even if it's just going out with my son and, and, and seeing a movie, whatever that looks yeah. like, to really make sure that you're well rested so that you can go back and have a lot to give. Um, and, you know, David, you and I have talked for years about, you know, we don't give ourselves thinking time. Yeah. And that to take that step back and to give yourself some rest and to almost give yourself that, um, you know, that daydreaming time. Yeah. When you daydream and, un you know, disconnect from uh, all of the uh, electronics, right. then your brain, like, all of a sudden these very offbeat and interesting ideas come in your head but that only comes if you're disconnected and if you've given yourself time and if you've replenished yes. with yeah. an old movie a good book and a long conversation with a, an old friend or whatever that looks like that's when the good ideas really begin to generate i know it'll sound crazy but i take the day after um, uh, Thanksgiving and the next week off every year and I do a lot of um, stuff fun stuff with you know decorating and wrapping and all that kind of stuff and people think oh Lisa loves the holidays and I do by the way but I find by getting out of my professional life and going into a very creative mode yeah. I begin to get the best ideas from a professional and from a family right. perspective as well because I'm totally disconnected yeah. and I'm decorating my second tree and I'm coming up with a holiday vignette in my walkway and I know that sounds silly to most people but that probably replenishes my creativity for yes. the next year to come. That's, I think that's a great way to, uh, to end this uh, interview and, and podcast show. Um, I think you hit on some really key things. Again, there's a ton of things I'm going to have to go back and re-listen and, and take notes. Um, but taking care of yourself and I know you know they, they've I've heard the analogy of uh, when you're in the airplane and they talk about the event of an emergency first you know you know fasten your um, 
you know, the, the uh, breathing uh, equipment before you, you help someone else. And I think that is so true. And you just, you know, uh, eloquently shared that, that uh, you have to take care of yourself. And then also, like you said, you have to disconnect and you have to almost empty yourself because you can't be filled if you don't first empty, uh, let go of the things that you've got going on in your head. And, and create that that openness and that's something that you know meditation has really helped me with and I'm still like an infant in the meditation journey but I've now got it down to where every single day five minutes a day um, usually right before I do my jog I do the, the at least five minutes of meditation and that's something you had encouraged me to do um, and I can't tell you how much of an impact that's been for me because while yeah it's it's so it's difficult to do. Uh, it's extremely difficult to do. Uh, probably one of the most difficult things I have in my morning routine. It really does. It gets you when you can finally calm down your, your mind and right. and just be open. Uh, it's amazing the things that, that kind of uh, that pop up. Yeah, and it's not just then during a meditation or during that, that right. time, but it's even afterwards because right. you took the time to, to empty that out. So um, thank you again for taking the time. Thank you for having to, me. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. Again, a lot of great information. Lisa's working on some some really um, exciting things too. So hopefully, in uh, one of our upcoming podcasts, we can share a little bit more about what she's got going on and uh, and point out some of those things. But uh, with that being said, we'll we'll wrap up today's interview. Uh, apologize for any background noise because we're actually in Ocean Pine uh, doing this interview. So this is much better than being like in a little room closet. Uh, with all kinds of like high tech audio. We're sitting here with a MacBook uh, enjoying a glass of wine at Ocean Prime. So thank you again, Lisa, for taking the time. Thank you for thinking of me. Thanks.